1: Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Coming to you live
2: from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick.
3: I've been a petty. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day
2: good morning everybody welcome to this tuesday edition of benzinga's pre-market prep spencer israel joel elka i'm not joel connor joel connor is not here see i'm saying his name just comes up comes out dennis nick is here though he's not on a vacation good morning dennis oh uh, Hope you all are having a uh, a good tuesday geez that was weird um yeah okay back to it uh our guest today uh but probably not Nick Shaheen. Nick has is out of town. He's having some internet problems. So he is uh he's doubtful. If he joins us, it would be great. But um he said don't don't expect him because he's having some internet problems there. So uh no Nick Shaheen, most likely today at 835, which is unfortunate. We would talk to Nick in a couple of weeks. But I do have a guest at nine o'clock, Dorit Lawson. She's the president and CEO of Change Finance. Uh, in the meantime, Dennis, Dennis I'm gonna spend the hour talking to you. We got a lot to get to on today's show. We got earnings season finally. We're gonna talk about Virgin Galactic, obviously, coming back down to Earth. We're going to talk about Disney. We're going to talk about pot stocks. We're going to talk about materials. Oh, man. We're going to talk about maybe some insider trading. Uh, we, we, we got a lot to get to. There's a lot. We got a CPI number today. Let's, let's not forget about that. A lot going on today. Uh, so smash the like. Show us some love. Uh, markets are higher. I mean, we're, we're at all-time highs. what more is there to say, right? We're basically at all – we're going steadily higher in stocks w lower in crypto and that's the story essentially so dennis good morning how was your monday
3: uh it was okay it was okay. okay it was uh tiring monday i think it was a long weekend i just felt tired all day so i probably didn't trade as well as i could have but probably should have went short space i'll tell you that much holy mackerel that was an implosion not in the ship but in the stock sense it was a successful run but Again, we talked about this in the show yesterday. It's like, what do they have to look forward to? And then they kick out an offering right at the open. So something maybe we should have thought of. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, when you get a drug company and just, you know, to the newbies out there, you never want to go when you have a successful, when it's a smaller company and it has a successful trial, you never want to go out and buy it that night because often in the first two nights they come up with an offering because if it has one trial successful they need funding for the next trial so you often see a pullback give you an opportunity well yeah. space had a successful trial probably need some funding to finance before they actually start getting revenue coming in and that's why they did the offering so I don't know that was uh, $59 in the pre-market it's a 40 bucks here now so it went down all day I think you got a lot of people caught long I think I, I saw it yesterday on the show when it was $50 or $52 that I'd sell it. I don't think I'm still not buying it at 40 If it got down back to 15 where I was originally played, I'd be interested. I don't think it's going like there. Um, but I think you're going to find some support today, probably in the mid-30s. That's where we had some congestion mid-June. So I'd say 34 to 35 But tough trade. I mean, the, the, the easier money was just selling it yesterday. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere here now.
2: Yeah, so I, I had the chart up. I was I was trying to get off the stream at the time, and I, and I so I didn't see the headline, but I saw the chart, and I was like, oh, it's really leaking now into the Open. I didn't realize I had a 9.29 press release announcing an offering at not like yeah. a minute before the Open.
3: Yeah, tough timing there.
2: Yeah. Ransom, come on. In hindsight, should have seen it coming. Something else I want to draw your attention to is just the uh, – the the strength, at least this morning, right? Uh, we were talking about this just before we came on there, um, and and Mitch was pointing out that that this stock tends to trade well overnight and then just gets destroyed during the day. Uh, it is trading it is trading strong this morning, right? Yeah,
3: it's coming back from the lows. So, well, it got down to thirty seven bucks over over um, yeah over the night session here. So it has bounced off the low. So it is showing. I know you see down sixty cents. It's it's actually is showing some strength here in the pre market. Yeah come back but you're coming into overhead supply all in the mid 40s so could you get to 42 43 you could but if you're trying to buy these stocks that are free falling just on little bounce plays and it, it's tough like you got to kind of go with what the overall trend is so on this i'd be selling rips still and the overall trend is down and we said yes. now
2: <laughs> yeah and we said yesterday as this goes so would the other space stocks and we can look yep. at- you can look at Maxar. Look at look at that opening. Maxar, the exact. Man, we give some good
3: information on this Thank show you. sometimes.
2: What's Astro again? It's A A
3: S T R, right? Yeah. Space. Yeah, they all were oh, higher my- in the pre market, oh, and they my- all went red when Space. You got to look at your leader. You're trading those Maxar, and you're trading the space technology stocks, and your leader starts to just tank. It's a good idea to probably get out of the sympathy place. So, relationship-based right. trading. It's money there. Yeah. All so right. They can, tell we talk, me. can we talk earnings? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where do you want to start? Do it. Oh, and Oh, Spencer does it. Goal. That's a good one. That's better than I do. Goal. I've, been, I've been working Sachs. on that one since last earnings season. Good
2: job. So <laughs> all right. The numbers from Goldman Sachs. Let me pull it up in the uh in the Benzinger Pro here so I can read to you. And then we'll go back to the chart. Q2 EPS. $15.02 per share versus a $10.23. Holy. Sent estimate sales of 15.39 versus 12.17 billion dollars. So a beat and a beat. No surprise. It happens every quarter. They also approved a dividend increase. Uh, we knew that. That was previously announced after the last round of stress tests. Uh, what else did they say? Uh, I mean, it, Because, you know, look, they beat across the board, so obviously they're going to beat across their individual segments, right? Uh, Net interest income was higher than expected. Investment banking revenue was higher than expected.
3: Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just they're printing money over there. I mean, they always seem to print money. They always seem to beat. I mean, if we go back quarter quarter quarter, I cannot remember the last time Goldman Sachs maybe in, maybe maybe in the COVID crisis they missed, but no, I don't remember them really out. missing earnings very often. It's fine. Oh, we
2: got this in the pro. Wait, yeah. Co- so you got to take COVID out, obviously. Yeah, that, that does not count. So if you take away those three prints from last year, uh, you have to go
3: back to like 2017. Yeah, they typically beat, and they typically beat big time here. Wow. Everybody expecting them to beat had a huge reversal. Yesterday, the stock was down the pre-market and then closed strong. So it did run up into the numbers, high expectations. These numbers are just incredible from Goldman Sachs. And if any other company, like non-bank, was reporting this type of earnings, the stock would be up substantially. But because they just don't rally the banks on good earnings, they never seem to do it. Well, we're, seeing, we're seeing a little rally here in Goldman Sachs. It's a small one. Their problem, they make too much money. This, this, I, I tweeted this out, so if you were reading my Twitter, I'm already spoiling that joke, but it's a joke I'm gonna say. But they make too much money, and this this market likes stocks that don't make money and they burn cash like AMC.
2: Well, one way to look at it though is look at yesterday. All right, they rallied into the number.
3: All but that's that's what we said. Right. I mean, that there's serious alpha. I talk about this all the time. There's serious alpha buying the stocks, especially something like a Goldman that's expected to beat ahead of the report. And again, same story. We know there's an inverse correlation between the banks and TLT. TLT was actually green yesterday, which is why the gold, why some of the banks were down. It ended up starting to go red, but it really wasn't the player. You know, That's an overall when there's nothing happening. We're coming into earnings season. TLT may not even matter the day before earnings because the people are going to be piling in getting ready for that big Goldman beat. And that's exactly what you saw. You had a nice opportunity, um, obviously trading red right in the pre-market yesterday, red right at the open, and then they just turned around. They bought it all day ahead of the report. So you're exactly right. Expectations very high. They I, they, I think, they blew away those high expectations. Stock is still trading higher, but it just, you know, this, 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 it's, it's funny. The banks, they can blow it away, and they don't necessarily just rip higher. Sometimes they go down on good earnings. Yeah,
2: and we can move on to the other one, big one this morning, which is J.P. Morgan, which. You know, there's a theme here, everyone. The theme is that these banks print money. JP Morgan also beat Q2 EPS $3.78 versus a $3.20 Big estimate. Big uh, Revenue of $31.39 billion versus a 29 uh, about a $30 billion estimate. So they beat that number as well. Investment banking revenue up 37% year over year. Uh, what else did I see? Ah, that was it. Net interest income was,
3: was up. I mean uh the earnings were good. Well, it, it doesn't matter. Lose. It's a bank and they never rally them hard. It doesn't seem like on the on the good earnings. I mean the Goldman beat was much a lot better. So let's give a perspective. I mean that would be
2: impressive. But JP Morgan actually slightly
3: uh lowered their net interest income guidance they'll the try year. to find some reason to but, justify the sell off there. So every on a buck, I mean was up. I don't know. The banks are kinda of, it's tough. It's a tough call here. I mean, like I said, the easier money is playing the run up ahead of the event as opposed to trying to predict the move afterwards. You got a beat, you know, on both stocks. One's down, one's up. Goldman's a huge beat. Naturally, you'd think, okay, if they're beaten by that much, they're gonna talk about it all day on CBC, it's gonna go higher, but it doesn't always work that way with the banks. So yeah. I typically don't trade them after the earnings. I like to trade them before the earnings. So nice big run up. JP Morgan Goldman Sachs, congratulations to the longs. I think the sell was probably yesterday before the event, so he didn't take the risk through it. Am I coming in here now, now that I know the information? Um, it, it's a coin flip at this point in time, because okay. I've seen I've seen Goldman Sachs sell off on really good earnings before. I've seen Goldman Sachs rally on really good earnings before. So I'm not even going to try to predict the movement today in Goldman Sachs or JP Morgan. And I like what RFCCW949
2: said, because um, Dennis, you were asking, well, before... We came on. Well, what would happen if these companies ever missed? And I said, that's never going to happen. thought. You know, <laughs> no, the, the RFC is coming. They can just move. They can. These guys are balance sheet geniuses, right? They, they will always beat. They will always disguise. Usually, and and this is this was my biggest like learning from the financial crisis, uh, and it's why I don't like investing in banks, because at the end of the day, you and I will never know. And the Archegos thing proved this too. You and I will never know what kind of exposure these banks really have, right? And nobody will ever know. Only the banks know. And honestly, not sometimes they don't even know, right? So y- you can never know
3: what kind of... A- apparently truth. Credit Suisse didn't know.
2: Right, because they had no idea. Or they did, yeah. or, or they knew or they, they did, it.
3: but they, didn't they just chose to ignore it.
2: Right. So you and I can never know what kind of real exposure they have. The balance sheet does not tell the story with, with these. So that that's that's
3: what they, has always scared me away from banks, is, is like that that thing um it what scares it. me away from banks and why i don't hold a lot of banks in my long-term portfolio is the financial crisis yeah i mean all these companies and you can say yeah. oh yeah but citigroup's been a great stock bring up the long-term chart of citigroup bring it up uh, i we, want to, i i do this, we, we, we like we every, do this quarter. every quarter yeah. you know what though but we have new listeners and it's a good exercise because people look at citigroup and they think it's at all-time highs it's oh good. yes that's correct actually exactly. the all-time high is six hundred dollars on citigroup That's dilution. That's what normally happens when you dilute your stock AMC shareholders. That's what normally happens. But we're in this different environment where dilution isn't frowned upon like it used to be. I mean, you own less stock, less of the company. So this is typically what happens dilution. Citigroup, $600 a share. It's $60. So if you've held Citigroup for the last 20 years, you're down 90% on your money. I don't buy Citigroup. Um, AIG, bring that one up. I think that was a bit of an unfair snipe of the AMC people because they just they, sorry they just
2: uh made us stink about an offering that, that got thrown out okay
3: that's true they like, didn't but it's still been a lot of dilution happening in AMC right. they didn't AIG. dilute them further which is All good right. I, I'm, I've, I've been warning you guys about AMC since 55 so yeah. obviously maybe it was warning you before that so I, <laughs> I was probably warning you at 30 and then it ran to 70s. <laughs> I'm still warning you on AMC. I, 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 I don't like people losing money. When they listen to the show, we're trying to help people. What's the all time high I don't bank? think AMC is going to the moon? Sorry. All right. All time high AIG is uh what
2: was that? 2058. Yeah. That's
3: two thousand dollars and fifty eight cents back in nineteen ninety nine. So I held for twenty two years, it's forty seven bucks. This is why I don't hold banks. Now, if you look at Goldman, you look at JP Morgan's different yeah. story, um, they didn't dilute the stock to oblivion. But um, you know, Goldman has made money, but still, has that been a great investment? Two hundred, you know, ten dollars or two hundred dollars fifteen years ago, and now it's three hundred eighty-three dollars. It's not even probably beating inflation. So these banks, despite making all this money, and maybe there's gonna be a catch-up trade here eventually with all of these, but they just the stocks just never seem to, you know, been great long, long-term holds. I mean, I guess J.P. Morgan's been a lot better one, and it was always best to breed. It seems like. They learned from the whale trade before the financial crisis, which helped them. Um, And they got Jamie Dimon, who's just a genius. So it's always been best of breed. And you can see JP Morgan makes new highs, 156. So that one's been a better one. But it's not necessarily just like, oh, yeah, own the banks and you make money in the long run. You didn't in Citigroup. You didn't in AIG. You haven't done great in a lot of them. You barely beat inflation in a lot of them. So it's been tech. We know in the last twelve years it's been tech stocks. Maybe it's going to be the next ten years of bank stocks. But I mean, Bitcoin supposedly replacing banks. So if you're a big believer in crypto and the evolution of money, and you know, maybe I, I, I just I don't have a lot of banks in my long term portfolio. I love trading them. I trade them all every day. I don't have a lot of banks in my long term portfolio.
2: Well, well, since since you
3: brought up uh, Bitcoin, can I read you the stat? Um, it was
2: uh, I saw this on Wedbush, but they themselves were citing Reuters uh, who themselves were citing uh, a report from what was it, a crypto compare and crypto Compare did this uh, this report and said that trading volume at the largest uh, crypto exchanges, including Coinbase, Kraken, Finance and Bitstamp fell 40 percent month over month in June.
3: Wow. This is not This is not surprising when you see prices fall substantially and stay down where they have for the last few months with crypto. You've got people who are like, OK, they've moved on. You know, there's this whole, you know, you know group of traders that just move to what's hot, move to what's hot, move yeah. to what's hot. I mean, and, and you know what? That's not a bad thing, but yeah. that's where volume comes from is a group of day traders that's always just evolving and moving to what's hot and you know we have you know our our daily you know social media viral stocks of the day there's two three of those it seems like every day that they just bounce around with crypto was the cool thing before the saturday night live event and it's been straight down ever since i don't know what eventually turns around i have a small piece of bitcoin i have a larger position in ethereum and that's it i'm not a crypto trader um again if you triple d if there's somebody that's posing as me on Twitter asking, saying, I'm going to trade Bitcoin for you. I am not. I'm never trading Bitcoin for anyone else. I don't trade it for myself. So don't send anybody money because there's fake Dennis Dicks out there that are pretending to be me and Twitter won't shut them down. I asked them to shut this last account down, but they said they're doing nothing wrong despite asking my followers for money. Um, This is where Twitter just drops the ball on some of this stuff. Uh, But, I don't know Bitcoin. Um, I, I love, I'm I love, not a Bitcoin and crypto trader. I, I have a little bit just you, for fun.
2: I, love, I love how you refer to, to it as like the the SNL event because Elon Musk hosted SNL on May 8th, and the all time high in uh, actually no, well the all time high was from April, but 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 Bitcoin did
3: top. They F- all fell
2: substantially. After the SNL on, event. On, it was on May 10th. Was like the high of that move. Can you see the
3: doggy coin chart? Do you have that one? Oh, do we? Do you have Doge? Yeah,
2: look who do we got
3: doge it definitely doge. topped out on the on on Saturday live
2: event i don't know the chart's not working for me here let's
3: do the old refresh think it's six thousand dollars let's do the old refresh trick see if the doge doge thing doge uh, i'm just curious uh, i don't even know where doge is i haven't chart, looked chart at it charge where failure. is it 20 cents charge how high did it get 70 60 uh it got i don't think it ever got to 70 60
2: right now it's at 20 cents
3: so okay so it hasn't been great either i don't know there's a lot of this stuff going to get hot again it might yeah uh, the, the stuff seems to cool off for a bit get forgotten and then it seems like it gets hot again so like i said i still own a little bit of uh bitcoin a little bit of Ethereum, a little more of Ethereum. i think eventually the story gets hot again but who knows when so not fun to talk about right now so let's go and talk other fun stuff we've covered the earnings well the crypto oh well, well,
2: we covered some of the earnings there's a couple what else you got let's well, go we, we got
3: pepsi Pepsi! Oh, that's right. You, you know what? Pepsi's a great stock to trade. You got about Pepsi? Pepsi? I trade Pepsi. I'm the boring trader, right? I like to control my risk. It's more yeah. predictable. It's a consumer staple. It's a big component, you know, in certain indexes. Like, huh? um, you know, you can put the Coke-Pepsi you know, pair on to a certain extent, although they're kind of different companies. But I love trading Pepsi earnings. I love our, our Pepsi stock, PEP.
2: So, talk about the earnings. All right. Uh, well, I'll read you the numbers right from the pro. They were fantastic. EPS beat a buck seventy-two versus a buck fifty-three. Sales nineteen point two versus seventeen point nine billion dollars. A beaten-to-beat. Beat. They also raised their outlook for the year. Um, they raised their organic revenue growth guidance to six percent versus a previous guidance of around four to five percent. Um they said guidance implies a 2021 core eps of approximately $6.20 which would be a 12% increase year over year. Um what else did they say pa 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 pa. Um now nah, restructuring charge. Um beverage revenue in North America grew 24% year over year. Nice.
3: It's a breakout to new all time highs. I don't like being short stocks making new all time highs. It's light volume here in the pre-market. Let's see what it does in the regular session. Can the breakout hold? So one fifty sixty nine, I believe, is the old all time high. I'm just ballparking from the chart. I don't know. Yes. So we're about a buck above the all time high. Can it hold above there? That's the critical level for it to hold. If your stock is breaking out, it's oh, wow. not a breakout if it doesn't continue to break out. So people will say, Oh, it broke out, and then it falls five bucks on them, and they're like, well, I bought the breakout.
2: All right? Can I have a dumb question then? How do you know if it holds the breakout? Like, what is the line in the sand?
3: The price, like, it starts to well, come back I, down I
2: know, and not be I know, broken out when, anymore. But, but when? Is
3: what uh, well, saying. I would say on this, it's yesterday's law, one forty eight seventy eight. Um, but if this thing went red, like, yeah. if this thing gives it all back and goes red, I don't want any, any part of it at all. So okay. I would put my bogey at the close. If I'm buying this at one fifty, I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm saying hypothetical situation. Yeah. I'm not making I don't have a trade in Pepsi. I don't intend to really make a trade in Pepsi today. But if I was buying this at 151.30 right now, which is where it's trading, I would stop myself out at the close, 149.51, because you never want to see a stock on good earnings start to go red. Because then they can then they've caught everybody and they can really go red on you. When your stock, even like space yesterday, it's a good example. Just you know, not even thinking about the whole rocks, just just use the numbers and use those opening prices. I mean, yesterday, the close from the previous day was forty nine twenty. Once it goes red that's real trouble especially after it was 59 dollars, because now you got other people that are caught there too and obviously you know it was straight down the offering again you know people can say that but more more often than not when your stock goes it's up green and then it starts going red you don't want to be in it usually that's what from at least from my experience okay um we don't like them going red to green there's you- a lot of failed breakouts this has been the market not to buy breakouts in It has been a contrarian market for a while here now, so where Fade Trade has been working. Do you want to look at uh, Fastenal, or do do you not really care about that one? Fastenal is always important in this market because it is the nuts and bolts of the market. It really is because that's what they sell is the nuts and bolts, but it's a key indicator for construction industry. It's a good feel, so I always like looking at Fastenal. All right, let me bring up the numbers here. In my hand dandy Pro, EPS beat by a penny, 42 That's versus
2: 1 cent, sales missed by uh basically in line. in line. Call it in line across the board. That's Do you know what what's I mean.
3: happening? And I'm, I'm in, you know, and at least in Canada, this is happening here now, but home building and building projects are slowing yep. down here now. Why is that? Because the materials costs are simply too high. Yep. So people are holding off. So I've got a buddy, that um you know has a, has a has a construction company he says normally by this time i've got 20 calls for decks i'd like to build a deck he's like i've had zero calls for decks zero because who the hell wants to pay these astronomical lumber prices even though you've seen lumber futures come down they haven't come down at the home depot yet they will because they all bought you know their their inventory is all they're in it high so it will start to come down eventually and then you'll start to see those projects go up. But right now you're seeing a hold. People are holding off on non-essential projects because material costs simply got too high three months ago. Once material costs start coming down, which they're going to do, you'll start to see the stuff pick up again. So it's not surprising that Fasten on Nuts and Bolts isn't, doing fantastic here in an environment you think they would if material costs are going to continue to rise there's going to be a little bit of a slowdown there again as material costs start to come down though which they are starting to do you'll start to see that pickup again we talked about this with lennar we talked about this with the home builders when they were having earnings and you know and obviously some of them have come down substantially i mean look at kb homes this can be seen you know it's 52 dollars everybody's back in may oh yeah home builders everybody's building homes at that, that, is prices of materials. People are starting to hold off on projects, and you're starting to see what's happened with the stock. Now, now is the time, though, if you're thinking, okay, well, you know, we're still in an inflationary environment. We're still going to have people who want to invest in their homes yeah. that, you know, may, or, or maybe, you know, as prices of materials starts to come down, maybe you start to see a pickup in that. So actually, KB Homes becomes more interesting to me as it's pulled in here now, as opposed to buying it back in April and May. When you're thinking, oh, lumber prices—that's you know—that's not good. High lumber prices are not good for KB Homes. Lower lumber prices are good for KB Homes in the long run.
2: Yeah. So this is a chart on the screen of of, uh, uh, front month or continuous, yeah, front month uh, lumber futures. So they uh, officially gave back all
3: its year-to-date gains uh, yesterday. That will start to show up now in the lumber yards. It will start to eventually show up again. Lumber futures, remember, is thinly traded, so it's not a great indicator. This isn't something that's like. You know, it's thinly yeah. traded and, yeah, you know, really. it moves around a lot. Like how many times, you know, oh, yeah, it's limit down, limit up. <laughs> I mean, you know, at least in the last, you know, it was a year, it's been pretty crazy. But, you know, it is an indicator of what's happened. You know, obviously, lumber prices that your hardware at your lumber yards have gone up substantially when lumber was going up. So it's going to take a while for those lower lumber prices to feed back into your home depots and your lows, but it's going to happen. So, you know, is that how much is the lag? Is it a few months? Probably a few months. You're probably getting to a point where you start to see your two by four in your sheet of ply would start to come down in price. I would hope so anyways. Um, you know, I haven't really seen it close to me yet, but I think you will. And, and, and somebody else is saying it's not just prices. You can't get the supply. JD, great point. You know, they're out of everything, at least in Canada. Like, they're out of everything. We've had, you know, we're pre-ordering for my build, like, materials way ahead. Yeah. Because we know there's a shortage on stuff. That's yeah. going to that'll all catch up. That'll all catch up. I think by, you know, and the COVID had a lot to do with that. You know, people just you know, obviously demand went up substantially there and prices went up and supply went down and it was a mess. But I think that starts to correct itself, too. So we're going to normalize there eventually. So I think, you know, the pullback on some of these you know companies is a buying opportunity. Fastenal is at an all time high here which is interesting considering, you know, like a KB Homes has come down. And obviously, nuts and bolts go into everything. So it's not just the housing industry. But I'm just, you know, generalizing here. You've seen some of the material stocks come down. Fastenal is basically a material stock because it's the nuts and bolts that hold the materials. So I'm surprised, actually, that it was at all-time highs. I wouldn't buy it here. I think it's still a little bit, you know, I love the company, 2% dividend. Um, I think it needs to come in.
2: Uh, and Mitch also pointing out the, the mortgage uh, forbearance is uh, still in play but will come to an end soon at the end of the month. And so all these people who haven't who haven't uh, had to you know pay their loans, mortgages or otherwise are going to have to start paying them. But then again, if the consumer is as flush with cash, as I've been led to believe, then then what's the problem? Um, we are going to have CPI in three minutes, just as an Um Maybe go a little wide. Estimates are at uh, CPI uh, to increase 0.5%. Um, and that's... What did I say? 5%? 5%. What did I say? 0.5%. 5%, um, so... And uh, that's what we're that's what we're watching. So we'll we'll have that in two minutes. And uh, yeah, someone's asking, or a few people are mentioning cannabis in chat. Uh, mm-hmm. That would be our old friend Sunday Night Chuck, Chuck Schumer. Uh, a report from Sunday Night Chuck. Nice. Yeah, that, that's what that, that's what we call him. At least in in my house, in my that's my household, growing up. What's it's the not- why? Because he that. was always if it was Sunday night, he was always on the local news. Always, oh, always Sunday night, Chuck. I never Have knew been, that about Chuck. Every single someone Talk to Chuck. Somebody from the trusted area back me up here, but, but Chuck Schumer is always on the local news on Sunday night. If it's Sunday night, he's on TV. Um, and so Bloomberg reported that he will release a draft bill on cannabis um, today. So no tomorrow, excuse me. Oh, tomorrow. Fun. So uh, you got canopy growth trading higher. Yeah. You got the, the whole pot, the whole sector. Ogi uh OGI guys actually nicely yeah you
3: got the the, the stocks um oh, or oh, the etfs yeah
2: OGI had earnings too but like chronos yeah all, right, all trading higher on that headline here
3: okay oh we'll keep an eye you know what pot stocks have come in substantially from the highs um you, you got a level and this is what we always talk about too on chronos for instance i mean you know where your out is you got that little double bottom we just put in 773 773 now it's up at 815 I'd like it lower like yesterday at seven eighty-eight would have been nice when more lean fifteen cents. Now I'm gotta go down to the seven seventy-three and risk forty cents on an eight dollar stock. That's five percent kind of a little bit wider than I'd like to risk. But yeah. you see how I'm looking at it. I would stop myself out at that level if I was buying myself some Chrono CGC. Let's bring up that one. It's widely traded. Yeah. Uh, you got the low of the move, twenty-one twenty-seven. You're only a buck off it. So if you think you're turning around, with the pot stocks today, and I'm not, I'm not necessarily trading these. I'm just saying you have a level to lean on. If it wasn't working out, I would stop myself out of the 2127. So at this point, I'm risking myself about a buck and a half. So not, not as bad. 22 dollars stock though, so you're risking about six seven percent. So it's a little bit of money. Um, I think there's there there could potentially be room up to that 24, uh, maybe even 25. But I don't know. The trend is definitely not your friend on any of these stocks.
2: Oh, wow. We got a hot CPI number there. Core CPI up 0.9% versus the 0.5% estimate or 0.4%. I saw a few numbers, 0.4%, 0.5%. A bit of a hot number. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Hey, now. Okay, we got some movement. Okay, I'm going wide. Joel's Joel's missing the fireworks. Look at the spy right there. Look at the TLT.
3: Yeah, look at that. Uh, I can't. I wish I could. Okay, I'm going on mute. You're on your own for a minute.
2: Oh, man. Look at Dennis. All right. Let's have some fun here. Let's go around, around the horn, all right? Look at all the banks now. That's, okay, so let, let's let's look at this number a little, little bit earlier. So year over year, five point four percent increase. Five percent was the estimate. So uh, um, greater than greater than expected on CPI year over year. Uh, core CPI up four and a half percent year over year. Look, man, it, it is hard. <laughs> man, in, inflation may end up being transitory, right? For all we know, but it is hard in the moment. To think that it is so hard to, to, to it, 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 that's why it's hard to, to, to like believe the Fed. Cause when you're in the moment and prices are soaring, then God damn, does it feel painful, right? So 5.4% uh, increase uh, in CPI year over year, uh, four, uh, 4.5% core CPI. Um, Jesus. Um, X food and energy, which is core. I just read that. So never mind. We don't, we don't want that. Um, Uh, Let's go around. Okay, so we got SPY. We got our cues. Look at tech. Let's go all all tech, right? You can go Amazon, right? Go Apple right there, right? That's the Dow doing. Everything. Every stock getting hit on this. Jeez Louise. At the banks. My TLT on movement. Oh, man. I feel like that's the first number we've had movement, real movement on in a while. Okay. So, we do have a Jerome Powell testimony tomorrow, right? It's tomorrow and Thursday. If memory serves. Yeah, tomorrow and Thursday. He's testifying in front of the house. Um, they're, I would imagine they're going to talk about this tomorrow. Because now that's that's, what, two hot numbers in a row? Alright, let's go to gold. I, I prefer looking at the ETFs just because that's my my thing. Um what else? Bitcoin. <laughs> nothing gets that nothing Bitcoin going down. Oh geez. Oh man. Wow. Let's get off the one minute chart. Let's look at that 15 minute chart. Jeez Louise. We got some action. Holy cow. Uh Fed there is there's more Fed Talk tomorrow. Well, easy, Mike, there's more Fed Talk tomorrow. He says to find it in front of Congress. I can't pull up the UVXY. I guess I could. Never do it. <laughs> Jesus. Uh this is not Listen, I, I would be curious, those of you in chat here who trade the UVXY, I'd be curious to hear how you do it, because it's such, a, it's such a, a high-flying instrument, and I have no idea how, how to use it. Um, wow, I just got a, uh, a Washington Post notification about CPI. That's how I know it's a big number. When the Washington Post is sending me uh, push notifications about the CPI number, that this is big. This is a big number. That, that's an indicator.
1: Yeah, one thing that's I want to bring. One thing I want to bring up, Spencer, is that yeah. this could be the start of another rotation. You know, one of the things is I always try to get a little bit ahead of the rotations, right? And we we had that huge tech run, right? I mean, if you look at the cues and you look at the last three weeks, you can just see it as clear as day on the on the cues. Now, one of the things that has been showing up is kind of weakness as we keep getting towards the top of these queues. I think today you, you could get that tech pullback. It doesn't mean that tech is going to go down like massively, but it could be also an opportunity to look at some of these high flyers, like let's say NVIDIA, Microsoft, that we're really breaking out, Amazon. You might get a chance to get them back down towards, let's say, old resistance trying to become new support. So I'd really be paying attention towards those tech names taking the hit as those have been the names that have been lifting the highest in the last three weeks.
2: Yeah. It's a, it's a great point. I mean, this is one of those things, right? Like we always go into, you know, one in the morning with one narrative and sometimes the narrative can change mid morning. Um, so the question we have to ask now is, has the narrative for today changed based off this number? Uh, or, or, uh, let's say for this week, right? Because yesterday was a, was an okay day. I mean, we're at all-time highs in, in, in the NASDAQ, right? So um, has the narrative now temporarily changed or is this just a, a temporary buy-the-dip thing? Like
1: every dip is a dip to buy, apparently. I mean, one thing I'd point out is always look at these daily charts also from these major kind of indexes. They point to a lot of the time when they get towards the top of their trend channel, a pullback. And so the the Qs are pushing on the top of those trend channels, same way the SPY is. And so a lot of times you get those pullback looks. It doesn't mean that it's going to maybe, let's say, go down 30% from here, but healthy pullbacks are an important thing in the overall market. Yeah, yeah. look at Bitcoin. Bitcoin's really going here. Woof. Bitcoin is really going. It's so funny, gold doesn't play anymore, right? Spencer, I don't think gold does it anymore. I, I remember I, when I first started trading, thought, gold used to go up on moves like this? Oh, okay, it just I doesn't mean, even touch I mean, it. it. It's supposed to, in theory. But I, I thought Bitcoin was an uncorrelated
2: asset. I have no idea. I have absolutely <laughs> no idea.
1: It's a learning game today. Learning game.
2: <laughs> Bitcoin's going straight to 30. I'm
1: learning the hard way, buddy.
3: It's <laughs> You got to go wide. I got boom 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 bot 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 and i was like this radio this this podcast just cost me a lot of money <laughs> oh so i wasn't paying <laughs> sorry, attention man.
1: hey well how about we do one of these uh, everybody That's you know smash of those the like hit the not subscribe not paying the bills on this. the channel
3: if you're sitting there and you're ready and you're not doing a live podcast you probably make some money here and i got rock because of it oh, so man. i'm sorry i had to get off for five or six months no. damage on that you said go wide I was like not really
1: paying attention. I should have went
3: wide. So You got to
1: go wide. Hey, you got to listen to the Spencers, real man. I, I mean I didn't know it was going to be a
2: hot number.
3: <laughs> I didn't anticipate anything was going to move like that. I mean, putting it in perspective, it's not a huge fall, but oof, I was way too tight. It's hard <laughs> just to pull back.
2: And, and, and it, it's hard to like even if like what I was saying before, I don't know if you heard me, but like even if the Fed ends up being right and this all is a temporary thing, it's hard when you're in the storm to to believe it, right? It's very hard to believe it because we're in the storm right now, and prices can't seem to stop going higher. C- CPI, which we know is already like a a, a taper number, right? It's already manipulated to an extent. I'm not saying you, you shouldn't believe it, but it's you know it's it it's massaged. I think it's fair to say. Um, this number is showing it, so it's hard base, when you're in the, the storm. To, it's hard when you're in the storm to 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 believe that that the storm is going to end. Uh, that's what the Fed keeps saying. Uh, Though we did see last time around, they 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 had to walk back a little bit. Say, yeah, it was a little more than a little more than we thought it would be. Um, yeah, jeez, Louise, go to the TLT. I'm sure Bitcoin is still dropping. How
3: is the spy doing? All right, we've bounced. CLT is not moving much. You actually aren't seeing like this separation really as much. You are seeing oil picked up a little bit here, a little bit. Um, Some of the oil stocks even go there. Yeah, you've seen Chevron just went green. Uh, You're seeing it. it Actually, they just started hitting everything. So they haven't seen the separation start happening yet. And I'm still trying. trying, I haven't even looked at the number because I was just trying to get out of tech.
0: It, it was it ugly is.
3: there for like, and literally still kind of ugly here. Um, they're starting yeah. to come back now. I guess by the dip is starting to win here, but wow. I don't know. We're bouncing around a lot. We're bouncing around a lot.
2: <laughs> there's Amazon or there's Apple. Here's Amazon, there's Facebook.
1: How hard did Tesla get hit uh, since it was making a move up towards the 680s? A little bad. Everything got hit. Yeah. Look there Tesla. you go. I was watching to see if it was going to get past seven hundreds today. It looks like we have a little bit of a pullback. All right. Anyway,
3: I, sorry, I'm very distracted here. I'm trying. If no, Joel just, was here, I've, I would actually. I, everyone,
1: leave.
2: In chat, everyone in the chat. Everyone. <laughs> I would not
3: be here right now if Joel was here, but I feel bad leaving you guys just
1: hanging. Everyone so I think
2: I need to chill. All right. Fine. I, I will chill. Yeah, I will. Here, chill.
1: Uh, I'll get us on something else. Uh, have you? I, did you take a look? Chill. At my Mastercraft yesterday, MCFT. No, I, don't, I don't even know that one. You don't know that one? It's a boating uh, stock, oh, oh, yeah, man. Boat the boating
2: stock. Okay. Not a bad move yesterday. In, in in my defense, chat, when you're on the one minute chart, it messes. This is why I don't go to the one minute chart ever. It yeah. Your perspective.
3: <laughs> oh, it's as a trader, if you're a short term day trader, that was a big move. So I know you long-term investors are saying, "What are you talking about? We lost ten points, whoop-de-doo-da day." But is it, if you're there's a lot of traders we talked to, day traders in here. That was a big move. That was a big move. All right, jeez. That was a big move. I got hammered on that. Get off me, everyone. So <laughs> I, it was a big move. There's traders like if you weren't ready for that hot number, that wasn't pretty. So. Anyways, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough day for me because you, I was doing the show and not paying attention.
2: Yeah. So, so now, now the question is, does does the narrative for the whole day change? The narrative for you changes
3: clearly, but uh, I don't even know if we, I can figure out the narrative. We are just chopping around here. Nasdaq just went, you know, just you know rallied back the whole thing. So this is tough figuring. You know, here we are. You know, obviously markets are chopping around a lot here, but Nasdaq is trying to go green here again. So yeah. we were down significantly, like. Five minutes ago, and now we're actually trying to go green. So you're seeing, seeing, you're seeing shop around everywhere. You're actually, uh, it, it's a hard one to figure because you, you naturally look at the banks, but the banks are influenced by earnings here today. Yeah, there's a ju- there's balls juggling everywhere here. So and TLT is is slightly up, so that naturally thinks okay, the tlt is starting to rise up. That's actually good for cues. It has been lately, and that's actually bad for banks. But then you got pretty good bank earnings. So, you know, there's a lot of balls to juggle here to try to figure out, you know, where price is going. But yeah, a, a lot of
2: factors and fair to say the market is making up its mind in, in real time. The market does not know right now. It's trying to figure it out well, what to make of this because you've got competing narratives. I'm trying to figure out what to make of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, um, how about that? How about energy? Energy up one and a half percent. That's where I'm looking. Spencer. I, I, every every time I go to the pump, I'm spending more and more. I, the other day I spent almost. Gas crazy. Like almost like six like dollars. That's $60. what
1: I'm
3: looking for. It's I been almost sixty bucks the other day. No, gas is crazy right now. One hundred fifty yeah. bucks to fill my truck in Canada. Right yeah, I mean,
2: I, I remember growing up when it when you know gas <laughs> was
3: fifty a gallon. Uh, you know, oh7 uh,
1: that area. But it hasn't. It's, it's been been 15
2: years since that since
1: we've been back there but um i, I always love looking back at it because i mean remember in the pandemic everyone was like oh the demand will never come back well or I it mean, will never I mean, be 60 dollars again i, I sold on my car for like 30 bucks a year ago <laughs> uh, it was nice let's just say that it yeah. was definitely nice yeah. It, yep. That
3: was the only thing good that was happening when we were in the middle of the COVID prices. Was it was cheap at the pumps. You could take road I trips. I took a picture like in Canada. Anywhere. It was like seventy cents a liter. <laughs> we haven't seen seventy cents a liter since I was like a kid. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I know, I know.
2: But now that, we're, was, that I, was the nice thing. Now we're getting back to where we were when I was a kid, which was like four fifty a, a
1: gallon, four thirty a gallon, four bucks.
3: Yeah. Later.
2: Did um, we
1: uh, talk some first solar in the? the we, we, we did not analyst. talk solar yet. There was a few Let's get other, into
2: that a little bit. There was a few things uh, we didn't
3: get to on today's show um yeah kramer F- F- was really pumping the solar stocks yeah. last night he was like first solar he was like enph he also used G- gnrc as a solar play um and then he was talking tesla as a solar play and he was pumping those stocks hard yeah, last Gen- night Gen- Gen-
2: iraq as a solar play
3: yeah he was he was pumping that as a solar play last night but then and which is interesting enough is while just before he was ready to pitch his first solar Citigroup downgraded the stock coincidentally so it was like the segment was coming up he's saying oh, he's, he's going to talk bullish and solar and everybody knows it's going to be first solar right because it's the one he likes the most and then city group comes out downgrades creates the stock like not that they you know were it's just coincidence for sure i'm sure they weren't predicting what kramer was going to talk about but if you were watching mad money you kind of knew he was going to talk for solar and then first solar starts getting hammered ahead of the segment i was like What's going on? I'm like, I would think First Solar is going to be rising ahead of this segment. And I was like, oh, it's downgraded. That's not good news. And then you watch a lot of people buying First Solar on that segment it was starting to go up to like 94 and riley- it was just a 93 because the downgrade happened and then it starts rallying up because kramer's pitching and i was like these people are gonna lose money because it's downgraded and then well, obviously you know it's a, i guess a battle of influencers like you were saying kramer's pumping it up Citigroup's downgrading the stock it looks like Citigroup's winning though because the stock's down one percent full disclosure I, I do have a small small Trading position left over in first seller, but it's really small. Can
2: I pivot back to CPI for a second? I hadn't I've been on with you guys, so I haven't been looking at the report too closely. But apparently, uh used vehicles accounted for one third of the CPI gain. Mm. Dear Lord, it is the worst time in history It's buy it has never been a worse time to buy a used car than than right now. It if you are in the car, if you're in the housing market, it's bad. If you're in the car market, it's worse. Wow. It, it is brutal out there. Brutal. So I, I don't know how you play that. Whether you, you go to the, I mean, it's it's used cars. So I don't really know how you play that. Maybe like Avis or I don't know. <laughs> Is don't know. goal
1: of being right less cars on the road
2: for I the next know. generation? I don't know. You play car with that, but um, gee, dear Ward,
3: that that that's that's huge.
2: Joel's
1: smiling somewhere.
3: He's smiling because he's on uh, vacation <laughs> right now and just enjoying himself. So hey, Joel, if you're there, hi. He's going kayaking and biking and swimming and just living the dream, man. That's living what I the need. Dream.
1: Forget the CPI. I know.
3: <laughs> I need a vacation, especially after this hot CPI number.
2: <laughs> if, look, if you have, Clinton Road says he has an 06 Honda Civic. If you have a used car and you like, it, the problem with selling it is you have to buy another one, right? So, like, but <laughs> if, if you have a car and you're thinking of selling, you should probably think hard. Think harder about selling because the used car market is ridiculous right now boat
3: market too there,
2: there's literally i like you know the more you read about this there's like just parking lots full of these new cars that are 95% dumb. they're just missing like one chip <laughs> they're just missing the one chip they're all they're, aside from that, they're almost done though but they're not done so they they're just sitting there in these lots collecting dust in like states across the country in like Michigan, Indiana, Texas and they're just still sitting there waiting waiting for these chips to get here but why
3: is it like it's just why, why do we have this you know this chip I, shortage?
2: because there was well, a couple of reasons but one of them was that there is this fire at this factory in japan that accounts for like 45 percent of the automobile semiconductor uh production globally This one factory in japan and they had a fire so they got knocked offline for a few weeks so, so that's that's the reason for the shortage? That's one of the big reasons. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, COVID's messing with everything a little bit to an extent too. Um yeah. but that that fire at the factory in Japan is a big reason. So yeah. there's literally like these cars that are like they're done with the exception of this one this one part that they don't have. So um it's hard out there to be in the used car market as a buyer. As a seller, great. Thinking about selling my car maybe, but then then what am I gonna buy? So let's, let's yeah,
1: and then the other question is, is how many people are going back to, let's say a two car household versus a one car household. I know yeah. a lot of people are, went down towards a one car house household. And I mean, it definitely changes the consumer's perspective.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's yeah, maybe that's uh, a question. Uh, definitely. I, I,
1: I can see that. Uh,
2: yeah. And uh, Chad's talking about, the fact that like there are shipping ports are like backed up, like the extent that you have, you have these ships that are just chilling. They're waiting to unload for like a week at a time. Right, right? They're just chilling just because there's, there's the ports are backed up. Right. Yeah. Um. So there's that, there's that as well. Right. That's, that's factoring in here that the whole thing is messed up. Alex is agreeing with you, Mitch. They went to a one car household. Um. Just crazy, crazy. Okay. Sorry. I got, I got off the first solar trade. So, uh, Going back to that chart. So, the uh, Citigroup is winning this morning, uh, outweighing cr- the the Mad Money uh, pump from last night. And that's your story here. But Tan or Solar did have a great day yesterday. Look at Tan. Uh, the whole sector was hot. JKS, yeah.
1: um, the leader, still ripping, ripping.
2: JKS, you can look at Ryan,
3: um, CSIQ.
1: Some
2: of
3: these are the Chinese solar plays, though, right? No, yeah. it makes it even more interesting. Why? Why are those ones doing so much better? I'm not following the solar story closely, but Jinko Solar, I believe, is a Chinese solar play, and it has just been ripping and ripping. I mean, some of the other ones have been going up too, but holy, that Jinko Solar, I mean, the look. thing's like, look at look at where it was. It's 36 bucks. It's 62. I mean, yeah. the thing has looked up 80 percent in 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 10 trading sessions.
1: Yeah, I guess it would be the underlining assets, the materials behind these solar panels that are causing well, these spikes. Could be. Could be. At least that's what my Background would tell me, exactly. I don't know, because
2: because you would you would think, oh, it's China; they would be under pressure. But but in fact, it appears to be the opposite. Um, can we talk about Disney for a second? Yeah, uh, of course. So, so we talked about this one yesterday. Uh, they had news out, or well, it actually wasn't out until later on in the day that they're raising. It was a report, I think. I think Variety broke it. I think that they're raising the price of ESPN plus one dollar a month, ten dollars a year. Um, Obviously, we are moving to, a, to a, uh, a point where more and more stuff is going to be exclusively on these streaming platforms, whether it's Disney Plus or Paramount Plus or whatever. But more and more stuff, whether it's movies or live sports, is going to be behind a paywall, essentially, behind a, a streaming paywall. So the market liked that headline, um, and it goes back to the conversation we had yesterday about the, the studios having all the leverage here and uh, the, the theaters having none. Um, and so that's, that was, that's what was behind Disney yesterday was the, the Disney plus price increase. And so,
3: I mean, I, it was a huge move and, you know, we talked on the show that I liked Disney. I wanted a pull back. I did not get any of a pullback whatsoever. 177. I still like Disney. I think it's the best of both worlds, meaning it's the reopening stock, the ultimate reopening stock if we do reopen, but if we don't reopen, they still have the Disney plus fire in all cylinders as we saw yesterday as well. I like this on a pullback. I think eventually it's going to be two hundred bucks again. I I I had the one call from one seventy to two hundred. It's back, went back to one seventy. I would like to be long the stock. Um, I need a pullback though. I don't like chasing. Uh, I don't know if you're going to get it. I don't know if I'm going to get it either. (laughs) So you know what? That's okay though. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that are like, oh, you know, I'm I'm you know, I got to chase this because I can't miss this. There's always another. Ship ready to sail. There's always another train ready to leave the station. There's no sense jumping on the moving train. Disney, it's 170 three days ago. It's 185. It just went up half of what I thought it might go in three days. So we need to pull back. I can't chase it up at 185 here now. Gets back. Maybe it's forgotten the next week or two. Pulls back to like the mid-170s, 178, 180. Then it gets more attractive again. I don't like chasing. Some people make money chasing stocks. I always lose when I chase stocks.
2: And as Netflix has already proven to us time and time again, raising the price of your service, your streaming service, does not increase your churn. Right? If anything, it just it 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 just it gets you more revenue, but it doesn't. People don't cancel, right? Because Netflix has raised prices like what four or five times now. You know, in in the last decade. Yeah. Um. And it doesn't. It doesn't it's happen. such small raises. on Netflix him.
3: too. I mean, you know, you are gonna pay twelve dollars, or you are gonna pay fifteen, probably. If you pay fifteen, you are gonna pay seventeen, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. And like you've you've pointed out before, these things are all cheap enough that you can buy them all. Disney, Netflix, you know, the yeah. HBO Max or whatever it is. I mean, they're the it's cheap enough. You cut your cable cord at eighty bucks a month. I can buy all these services. And I can stream everything I want. So, I don't think streaming's going away. I think um, you know the Netflix valuation obviously has always been an issue, but it continues to you know make money and continues to try to grow into it. It's not as absurd as it once was. Um, but i don't know These I, are thought, tough stocks.
2: I thought there was an analyst that gave it some love yesterday i'm trying to I'm trying to find it but i uh it's been yeah. so
3: sleepy like I mean, you're on netflix now right it's been uh, oh i was on
2: i was actually on disney
3: but but yeah netflix uh yeah i yeah. mean we've been in this consolidation station almost like amazon here for netflix yeah. between 470 and 550 for a year um it's got major resistance up here at five hundred and fifty. You know, you are not even close to breaking out, so it's tough. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere here. I'd probably just keep playing that channel. Like it's up in five sixty five seventy area, I'd probably be a seller. It gets down in the four seventy four eighty area, I'd probably be a buyer. I mean, that's what's worked.
1: I'll tell you one that might be a mover today. I think based off of kind of what's been going on in the Disney is Comcast. Keep an eye on that.
2: I uh, keep seeing these freaking these rumors
1: never die. I saw it again yesterday.
2: I think it was Deal mm-hmm. Reporter. I don't remember who. I pretty sure it's Deal Reporter. Just lots of resistance just, just trying to to fan the flames of this Comcast Viacom thing that the journal had talked about. So hey, look, the more you hear a rumor. The more inclined you are to think it's got it's got something to it, but it doesn't go if it's not going away. It's not going away. It's not going away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Comcast Viacom thing. It's not going away.
1: So it came out yesterday again. Also, I think what you said yesterday made a big difference, Spencer, in, in what you were talking about how renegotiations for movies are going to start happening. Sure. I think this is really uh, sometimes you get a question of story. Like, let's say, um, is streaming really going to take over the movie theaters and and we're going to have that perspective? I think yesterday was more of that confirmation of question. And now from now on forward, it's just more along. How does the industry change now? And so I think you're going to start seeing a lot of these production companies getting a lift because of this, because if they can make more money and not lose it out into the movie theaters, into the actual theaters, I think. The, their profits are going to just go up.
2: Yeah. All right. Christopher Anthony Forsman is saying like NBC can't buy CBS. I'm not saying that, that Comcast is going to buy Viacom. I'm saying that there are, there are now several rumors out there that, that there, that it's at least been discussed. Obviously, if it were to happen, they would have to divest some assets, right? There, uh, there was, there, there's no way that that would go through without Viacom CBS having to sell something, right? Or spin off something. um, and I'm, but I'm not saying it's happening. I'm just saying there, there have been whispers about it uh, more than once now. Um, the other side of that coin, though, is you can make the argument that, you know, uh, broadcast TV ain't what it used to be. Um, and so does it really matter if one company owns two of the major networks when – frankly, most... When everybody's going straight. Frankly, when everyone doesn't even... Nobody has cable anyway, so what... The,
3: no, I know. Everybody's cutting the cord. So,
2: so, oh. so there's that argument to be made, but I, I generally agree. I do agree with you, Christopher. Um, I'm not saying it's happening. I'm just saying there are, there are whispers of, of a Comcast Viacom thing. They don't seem to be going away, so take that for what it is. Um, Somebody asked if we could talk lithium stocks. Yeah, LIT had a great day yesterday. Uh, a lot of that was... um uh, LIT was the ETF, but you can look. Yeah. You can look at ALB. That was your big mover, ALB. uh They've been
3: blasting off the look. Yeah. but that ALB. Wow, what a move! Yeah. I screwed that one up. I sold that back during the COVID crisis, and that was a big mess up. LTHM. All awesome. uh, I do own that one. That was Jason Rosnick pick, and uh, I believe yeah. Gene Munster pick from five or six bucks. I've still got it. That's been a good one. And then LAC, I have that one as well, and that's been blasting off too. So lithium's hot right now but again you
1: know, if you're coming
3: in buying them now all right <laughs> mitch, mitch mitch what what's
2: there's the spec? a spec that's good dennis, what do you got what do you got MP wise.
1: mp materials. Oh, mp
2: materials yeah look at what's that they doing? it's finally it's starting loaded. to show some life
1: let oh, actually look at that that's not bad it's a spec that isn't 10 bucks look what happened look what happened dennis there's some winners in there you there's some winners them. in there
3: mp materials it's always been one of the kramer's favorites too
1: there so is that one of your favorites too Match of the SPACs? i like that one and pll remember when i called that oh, yeah, one back in the 30s was that i wish i still had that was it never, was that a spack pll <laughs> no, no this, this no. is that canadian though right canadian play right piedmont lithium lithium's been hot lithium it's not That's going the- away lit is is one that i definitely think i should have had spencer that i never grabbed on those pool, big pullbacks when lithium started coming back down and those are times where i really start thinking about that hey it's a good thing to have sometimes some etf especially when you're seeing oh, kind of maybe these lit. big pullbacks you see those big pullbacks in april that would have been an interesting time to jump into lit look at that lit I don't know. Is that Lit. Tech? When it gets lit. It just gets lit, man. The name yeah. itself. The ticker. It's lit right now. I'll tell you that. So, let's take it back to the overall
3: market. Two minutes left here for me. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just this. There's a lot of balls to juggle here. And I'm trying to get a feel for it. I mean, we came all the way back on the queues to scratch. And then we just sold it all off again. So... This market doesn't know what to think here. Uh, The buy the dips, dippers try to come in immediately, but they were rejected here in the last 15 minutes. So, um, you know, are we going to continue to leak here? I think you got a lot of crowd. I think it's a crowded long, you know, just like we had, um, you know, just even talking from Monday, you know, where we were discussing uh, the potential that, hey, the SPY is making new all-time highs. But when you really look under it, like Tim did on Monday, I mean, there's a lot of, you know, underlying issues here. So it's not going up on high volume. Is this rally, you know, not necessarily a fake rally because it's a real rally and everything has been rallying, but it's been built on a few major names lately, like Apples and Amazons, um, you know, breaking out for the first time in a long time, where when you look and you look at other sectors, it's like, oh, there's a lot of stocks that haven't been participating we know the reopening trade has gotten very ugly yes the banks snapped back yesterday it's a big important day for them can they hold on to the gains i think um you know with the, with the movement around with the cpi number here this morning uh the banks are showing some strength there too but it's a lot of sectors aren't performing that well and that's been going on for the last couple of weeks so does eventually if we start to lose amazon and apple does the whole market roll over It's got the potential to do that. I'll tell you right now, though, it's a pretty ugly morning for a lot of stocks. I'll tell you right now, every time I get bearish, I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. Well, (laughs) long term, and this is to your long term (laughs) investors, is you try to stay the course as good as you can. But as a trader, you got to go both ways. I mean, we're eventually going to get – I I, I long for the day that, you know, I'm going to get more volatile markets here. Because this VIX sitting at 15 is killing me, man. I like the VIX when it's like 25, 30. Then you're getting some movement. You're making some money. The VIX sits there and does nothing. It's hard to make money when stocks aren't moving. So this is a good thing for traders. It's, you're going to get some volatility. You're going to get some action. How long this lasts is the question. You know, It seems like we get a one and done, which we had. What was the last money? We were down 500 Dow points. We came right back. So you know, it's hard to just write off this market. I've tried to write it off before. Joel's tried to write it off before. It's hard. And you, like you just said, it's tough to be bearish. Um, but you just got to be cautious. You just got to be a little more cautious maybe because we are long in the tooth and there's some signs that a lot of sectors are got some sellers in there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, the weeklies on the queues 0. 0.7 green weeks. Just want to point that out. So, all right. A little it,
3: overextended, a little crowded to the long side. It was an eventful
2: morning for you, Dennis, trying to dig yourself out of that hole.
3: Oh yeah. I'm in a hole just because I got picked up. Bang, bang, bang. I was like, okay, that sucks. But guys. Anyways, hit the I'm trying to work out, out of it. I'm hedged again. Us. I'm He's- hedged again.
2: Your head, your your head. I thought you're always heads.
3: No, but when you go, ba 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 ba, you're temporarily not. like, okay, I'm long and I'm in trouble, and then yeah. you're trying to hit other bids to get yourself okay. hedged out again. Okay. So, you know, I'm like, I'm like a hit on a tech stock. I'm like, okay, what other tech stock hasn't been hit yet? So I will go hit that one, trying to get myself out of trouble. So, um, yeah. So yeah. you know, like I actually got hit on Okta. Like, if you want to know what happened, I got hit on some, some names, some big wild tech stocks there. But I got hit on Okta. Um, I had a, I had a bid out there and I wasn't paying attention because it had a rating. I think it was somebody, I, I don't know. I do all my research and I can't remember why I was bidding that, but I think it was analyst commentary. Maybe it was an upgrade. or It wasn't an upgrade, uh, but maybe it was a buy rating from somebody. There's uh, definitely uh, it was a rating. I'm, I'm
2: in the probe and I'm sorted. I'm on
3: the trade now so I can freely yeah. talk about it. That's why I was like yeah. just mentioning it. But, oh, yeah, I get initiated at Goldman Sachs with a buy. So um, I, I got hit. And then I'm like, oh, you don't want to add on anything when the market's tanking like that. But actually, it, I got hit, and then it, it bounced back up, so I actually made money on it. Um, but there was like three, or four other stocks I got hit on that I'm losing on. Okay. So you know, it's it's never good when you're getting picked off. Like basically, what's happening there? Market tanks 15 points, and you're sitting up too high. You're getting picked off by high frequency traders that are like, you know, doing the herb against you. And I just shouldn't have those bids out there, but. I was half ass paying attention because we're doing the show and you said oh, go also, wide but,
2: but uh, also <laughs> like when is the last
3: time i haven't e- been picked off in a while like that i'm yeah, usually like, more what's conscious the last time
2: the market moved on a cpi like that? well
3: that's it I mean, so you're just getting lazy i was it was lazy by me yeah that's all it was it was that's, lazy that's all it was all right guys, i deserve to lose that money guys smack- people always say oh i don't deserve if you lose the money you deserve to lose it if you made the trade and it's going against you you deserve to lose the money. The market just is, is, you know, there's no, like, this wasn't my fault. Oh, no, you own the stock. It's going down. It's all your fault. I don't care who you heard that. Well, this person, you know, told me to buy or this person said they liked it. That doesn't matter. It's your decision. You're just taking information from everyone to make an opinion to buy or sell the stocks. I hate it when, you know, like they even with Kramer, you know, everybody's calling him out and say, oh, yeah, DD. Okay, I yeah, had a bad call there. But if you're blaming Kramer because you bought DD on his call, that's your problem. You still took yeah. his information, his opinion. His opinion isn't going to always be right. In Kramer's case, it's not right a lot of times. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've got to you know, hold your own. If you're buying and selling stocks, it's your decisions. It's your trading decisions there. Yeah. So we try to give trading ideas. We give some opinions. We're right sometimes like yesterday on space. We're wrong sometimes. Um, but you know, overall in this show, we're just trying to educate you so you can make those decisions yourself.
2: I guess the moral of that story is if you make money –
3: it, it, it was all you and if you lost money it's all your fault <laughs> that's it it's all on you you're are key and this is the most gratifying job in the whole world where you are directly rewarded or directly punished for your own decisions there's not a lot of jobs out there that you you're directly hit Um you're wrong you lose money you're right you make money I mean there's not a lot of jobs out there you think about you can be wrong you know in certain jobs and you know, it's your employer that's losing money. You know, you might get fired if you're really wrong, I guess. But, you know, or you might get yelled at, but you're not losing money. Here, you're wrong. You lose money. You're right. You make money. And you know what? You're going to be wrong lots of times. And it's okay to be wrong. Just cut yes. those losers.
2: Yeah. As you might say, it's being wrong is okay. Staying wrong, not, not so there much. There you go. Not so much. All right. Dennis, uh, good luck. Rest of your day. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning. All right. Uh, I want to bring on my next guest here, uh, Dorea Lawson. She's the president and CEO of Change Finance. We were having a uh, conversation uh, before we hopped on this morning, Dennis and I and Mitch, just about um, how it seems a bit contradictory that a company like Virgin Galactic is is so beloved uh, when at the same time, uh, it seems like e- the importance of ESG is is just is just rising, and the, and the two are very contradictory in that way. Uh, my next guest is um, all about how individual investors can influence a company's ESG, and I want to bring her on now. Uh, Dorit, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for having me, Spencer.
2: Uh, let's let's start with with what I what I just said there. Uh, ex- explain change finance and 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 how your underlying. Uh, belief is that shareholder activism can actually
0: change things. Sure. I'd be happy to. So Change Finance is a dedicated environmental, social, and governance. That's ESG investing firm. We launched our first ETF about uh, three and a half years ago with a real dedication, both to how we choose stocks, but also to what we do with our investments once we're invested. So we believe that that how you choose your investments is the first stage of making, uh, of, of driving behavior change. So what is, a, what is a good company to invest in? What what kinds of um, environmental, social, and governance performance are you looking for? But then also, what do you do? How do you drive those companies to be even better? So, you know, divestment or non-investing is the first step in how we use our influence as investors, but then it moves on to proxy voting. Do we vote? our proxies? Do we use our influences investors to tell companies what we believe is the right thing to do in terms of their their policy? Do we engage directly? So we reach out directly to companies to express concerns, to provide opinion on how we think certain policy decisions should be made. Sometimes we do that one-on-one as just us and the company. And sometimes we do it through coalition, working with other investors who share similar ideas. And then We can file shareholder resolutions. That's actually putting things on the ballot for other investors to vote on as well. One more facet of our shareholder advocacy is public policy advocacy. So public policy, government policy, affects how companies do business as well. so we think it's important to use our influence as investors, not only directly with companies, but also to advocate for public policy that we think makes for better governance.
2: And uh, in case you don't follow the space, uh, about a month ago, there was was big news on this front because ExxonMobil lost a a proxy vote. This activist firm, Engine Number 1, uh, rather surprisingly, got a few members on the board. And, uh, and essentially, it went the activist route. Uh, Doreen, I'm sure you saw that. What was your reaction? That, that that was a big development for you, I'm sure, in in this whole space.
0: If that was a really big deal. Um, and number one, I got, got um, three director seats on the Exxon Board of Directors. These are directors who really believe that we need dramatic action on climate change that's going to make a big difference that sends a very strong signal to the market that investors are serious that investors are looking at issues like climate change that they believe those issues are fundamental to how a company does business and i think uh, in addition to that particular win I want to highlight some other wins this year. Um, as of the end of June, sort of towards the end of the of the key proxy voting season, there were 34 environmental, social, and g- governance proposals that had passed. Last year was a record at 21. So 34 just blows that record out of the water. And 17 of those broke 70%, whereas last year just two did. That means investors are really paying attention to this stuff. They are voting, they are sending a very strong signal to companies that issues of climate change, issues of equity matter to them. In fact, eight of those 17 were in the 80s and six were over 90% support. Um, And and, in another first this year, four of those six were supported by management. that's never happened before that in fact management at companies is starting to recognize that these issues matter and that they have to take action. When you
2: say investors, like what kinds of investors is this coming from like the institutional world or is this just an, another development as as retail traders uh, you know gain their footing a little bit
3: more?
0: I think it's across the board. I mean, you can't get 90% of the vote on a shareholder resolution without shareholders of all stripes, certainly not without institutional investors, because right. they hold large shares of the stock. But the the hedge fund that got three seats on Exxon's board, technically maybe it falls sort of into the institutional category, but it was very small. It doesn't have a lot of assets. It doesn't hold huge amounts of Exxon stock, but it was active, it was vocal, and it managed to circle up a coalition of other investors, again, of all stripes, because it really, to to get the kind of support these resolutions are getting, it takes most investors, right? 70, 80, 90%. That's all investors of all types. And that means even individual investors can have their say, the vote matters, those papers printed on really thin pages with really tiny print that you usually throw out Pause yeah, and
2: take a look at them. Uh, I was going to go there next. So, truth be told, I, you know, I, I get these emails for you know from my from my broker. Like, you have a new, yeah, uh, you know, you have a new uh, filing. You have a new, you know, uh, form to look at. And I, I just delete. It goes delete, delete, mm-hmm. delete, delete. delete, delete. Uh, what should like the average investor know about like? I know you, you kind of already talked about it, but but like I've never, I've never participated in a proxy vote before. Like I, like I have no idea. About that stuff. So, like, 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 what should I know about this stuff?
0: Yeah. So those those emails. Truth yeah. be told, until I got into this industry, I did the same thing. I deleted right. them. Or those days they were on paper. I threw them in the trash because I yeah. didn't know what they were. They're hard to read. Um, but there are there are tools out there that can help you. There is a great organization called As You Sew that's really active um, in helping people understand those proxies and how to how to vote them. Um, They give great guidance, particularly on the environmental, social, and governance issues that that a lot of investors are are increasingly concerned about. So that's a place where you can go. You can go to their website. They have great information um, throughout the proxy season to tell you what to look for. So if there are companies that you care about, start with companies that you know the best that you care about that are in the news, Facebook or Google or Virgin Galactic, um, Spencer, that you mentioned go see what what as you Sow and some of the other organizations out there that give advice are saying about how to vote. Pick just one this year or two um, and try it you'll have to open those emails and follow the instructions to actually cast your vote but it's but it's not hard once you once you do that um, and there's great guidance out there to help you think about which uh, issues to zero in on and how to vote.
2: And this is the site. It's a, as you sow, dot dot org. That's uh, the one. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the, the change finance ETF. I had the chart up earlier.
0: Sure. I'd be happy to. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we are activists across the board. So we start by choosing which companies to invest in. We do that through a, a pretty rigorous rules based approach. Um, we are looking at really to think about environmental, social, and governance factors as a way to mitigate risk for our investors, um, to select companies that are performing best. So we are fossil fuel free. We believe that divesting from fossil fuels is really essential um, for, of course, for the climate, for climate change, for issues that our investors um, care about, but also as, uh, as risk protection. So we believe that fossil fuel Companies are simply not good investments. The business models um, are, are so tied up in the status quo. We believe they can't change fast enough. The energy transition is coming. Renewable energies are already uh, as cheap or cheaper than, than fossil fuel energy. So the economic drivers simply are there for the energy transition. Um, and we don't see that that fossil fuel companies can change Fast enough or without writing down significant assets in the first three quarters of 2020, the fossil fuel industry wrote down one hundred and forty five billion dollars in in stranded assets. Those are are assets that are on their books that really aren't assets they're really liabilities. That's that's uh, fossil fuel reserves that they own that they'll never get out of the ground. Or that they can't get out of the ground cost effectively. Um, and there's a lot more behind that, we think, still to come. So that's one one faction uh, factor, but we go much further than that. So we also believe that, that investors that care about climate change, that care about fossil fuels, also care about a lot of other issues. They care about equal opportunity, they care about um, labor rights, they care about other kinds of pollution and emissions. So we um, consider well over a hundred different factors as we think about um, our investment criteria Looking, looking across the board at what makes uh, what makes good companies, um, both from a values perspective and uh, from a performance
2: perspective what one of the the biggest issues maybe the biggest issue in esg even for even for people like me that like you know agree with esg uh as a concept it's hard to get behind it when there is no one definition i mean there's one definition but the way it's applied is not evenly applied you can go the inclusive route and target companies that are doing good you can go the exclusive route and delete the bad the you know the bad ones and it's so it's so uh the what's the word I'm looking for uh, it's all like bespoke across the board right everyone is so different it's hard to understand you, you, know what I, you know what I mean I mean are we ever gonna get to a point where it's a little more uniform or is it gonna be always just know know what you own and and I don't know pick which pick which route works for you I guess
0: well know what you own is always important so we always encourage investors to to kind of look under the hood Uh, Whatever funds you're investing in have to publish their holdings so you can go in and actually read through the list of companies they actually own and ask yourself, you know, which do I recognize? Do I like them? Do I not like them? So that's always a good starting point. Um, Is there standardization coming? There is going to be more standardization over time. Um, Some of that will just be market driven through expectations. Some of that will be policy driven. So, for example, you know, this year the SEC has called for input on uh, climate disclosure standards. So I think we will see, and we're certainly seeing a stronger, kind of faster move in Europe in that direction. Um, we will see some standardization around how companies report on their climate-related commitments um, and business. You know, we're probably a little bit further out on standardization around some of the social metrics, but I think that that will come eventually as well. We're starting to see some companies. Um, make public reports that they're already required to share um, with Equal Employment Opportunities Commission, for example. So I, I think we'll see some standardization there, but then there will always be firms like ours that are trying to differentiate ourselves that are trying to go beyond the beyond the basics, beyond the minimum, right, and and do more and find the nuance in the market.
2: Uh, Daria Lawson is the uh, president and CEO of Change Finance, and I guess the takeaway here is that uh, even as like, it's never even really uh, dawned on me that I could or should be interested in 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 the the shareholder uh, voting side of being a shareholder, but uh, you're saying that that I, you know, turns out shareholders are coming together, making a difference, and uh, I think it's something to watch going forward, Um, and uh, so, Dorit, thanks a lot for joining us, and we will be in touch uh, and see as more things develop, because I'm sure the engine number one thing will not be the last time that we see a headline like that.
0: I don't think it will be, Spencer. Thanks so much for having me.
2: All right. Uh, It is 9.17 here, guys. We got about 13 minutes until the open, uh, we're going to have David Green on in about eight minutes or so live trading. So I'll hop off for that. Here's a chart of the spy. We are trying to come back. Yeah, I'm not going back to a one-minute chart. I go, I go to a one-minute chart, and I start freaking out, and you all start you know giving me grief about that. So no more one-minute chart. Let's go to my movers tool. Uh, guys, the movers tool, it's all populated, and I, I mean no offense by this, but it's all populated with like viral stocks right? that I've never heard of. Like, oh, like, I, don't know, I mean, I've heard of, I've heard of uh, ORPSAT, but um, just like stocks du jour, right? OSAT, BLIN, which I've, n- I've never heard of. I've never heard of works. What is WROX? I have no idea what the stock is. SC works. I don't know. CR here. Let's, let's just um, do it this way. Just go to a uh, chart within this tool or next to this tool. These are the big movers in the morning. Um, maybe some of them have news. But more than likely, I'm just going to go ahead and guess. Oh, no. CRTD is moving. That is that is so annoying. Ugh. Uh, that's on the upside. What, what about the downside, right? MDIA, Mediaco, um, MTSL. We talked about that one. MTSL. Yeah, we've talked about that one. Yesterday, uh, SLP is your big loser, SGOC, DKIN. These are all, I don't have any filters on, so these are all really small names. I usually filter by price because I don't like the the small names really, it, it, it bogs down the tool to me. Um, AMC interestingly is down five and a half percent this morning. I maintain it looks ugly ever since that breakdown, but um, oh, I forgot to ask Dennis if he got my card. Shoot. All right. I have to write, write it down. Reminder. Ask Dennis about i writing it down now. Ask Dennis about Tim Hortons. Don't forget if I don't write it down. Um, how do you uh, get the uh, scan in the screener. I'm not quite sure I understand KP. So this is just uh, this is the movers tool in Benzinga Pro. That's all this is. And I click up the top there to add some filters. What's going on with Nokia? All right. I'm looking at Nokia for a couple of days. Is there news? I don't even know. Pro- I mean, this thing is trading overseas active. Oh, they actually have news. Thank you very much, Randy. They had, uh, they raised their guidance. Okay. Or they, expe- they ex- what is this? They expect to raise their guidance? They expect to raise their guidance. Here we go. Um, it plans to elaborate on the Q2 uh, and a half year financial performance and updated 21 guidance on July 29th. Prior net sales guidance was between 20.6 and 21.8 billion euros. Uh, The analyst consensus estimate is uh, above – oh, no, I don't know how that compares because it's different currencies. Um, Okay, so they're expected to raise their guidance. There you go. And okay, active overseas, active this morning in the pre-market in the U.S. Nice call out there. Was Was that James? That was James. Nice call out. Uh, yes, it is. A, it is a Reddit play to an extent, but they've got actual news this morning. So there's that. Yeah, but yeah, I I'm I'm with you, Roy. Definitely be careful. Th- there are there are so many charts that I like look at. There's one I was looking at yesterday, and I was like, oh my god, I would love to short this, but I'm afraid I'll get my face ripped off because it was it was like a Reddit stock. So I'm just not going to do it. Um oh we didn't talk about the long blockchain thing. Uh that was on my list. So maybe we'll get to that tomorrow. Talk about long blockchain. Um just to check up on on how the banks are doing. Uh, you had a hunch, right? That the numbers were going to be great and and uh now it's impossible to say, right? Cuz now you had CPI. But you had a hunch that numbers were going to be great and the stocks weren't going to do a lot despite that. So they are all up this morning. Um I will be watching these very closely would 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 not be surprised if they you know end the day you know relatively flat from an opening basis. Um wouldn't shop me for a second. And then I also wanted to I, I should have asked Dennis this, but would have liked his thoughts on the rest of the banks that have not reported today, right? Like Morgan, City, Wells Fargo, Bank America. Now that we have one pair down, the expectations set um, maybe, you know, that trade is already over as well, right? Because all these banks traded traded with J.P. Morgan and, uh, and Goldman Sachs today. Yeah. So it wouldn't, wouldn't shock me if these things, like, barely, barely nudge on their earnings reports. Because now we have some confirmation at least. Like, oh, yeah, we thought they'd be good. The numbers were good. Nothing really to see here. It wouldn't shock me if we get very little movement tomorrow and Thursday when these group reports... Check out Tilray. Are we moving here? You yeah, the pot stocks. Uh, yeah, pot stocks. We're all having a good morning. Thank you, Chuck Schumer. We'll see what happens. We'll see if Bloomberg's report comes to fruition about him introducing that uh, that that draft of the bill. But when you we looked at we looked at CDC earlier. Yeah. Good morning. How's my? Uh, well, not my. I don't own it, but I own the stocks that are in this thing. So MSOS. Forget it. CRLBF. No pre-market action in OGC stocks. I knew that. Duh. Um, oh, yes. We have looked at B, BNY right? BNY is no Bank of New York. What's uh BNY? I want Bank of New York Mellon. It's not. It's not. Uh, not B.M. B.K. Thank you. Yeah. That, what? What are they tomorrow? Pretty sure they're tomorrow. Look at that. Yeah. Sideways action. A couple months there. Um, Okay. That'll be a wrap for me here. Uh, Thanks to our guest today, Dorit Lawson. And, you know, I was hoping to have Nick on, but he, as I said at the top of the show, was having some major internet problems where he is. So uh, no go on Nick Shaheen today, but that is okay. Thanks to Dennis for hanging out with me or with us through that hot number. Thanks to all of you for hanging out. Thanks to Money Mitch for hanging out. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Let me bring up a spy chart as I hop off here for the stream. We got David Green going in a minute here. He will go until about 11 o'clock. SPACs attack followed by the Power Hour followed by Get Technical, which I have been told will be back today finally. Finally. We got the BZ Crypto Show at 2 o'clock. I'll hop on at the close with a a special guest, not Joel O'Connor, but I do have a special guest to hang out with me at 3.30. We got Money Mitch at 4 o'clock, the Cannabis Insider Show at 4.30, and After Hours with Ryan Rose Bionni at 5, followed by Trading Nomadic at 7, and a Benzinga Pro Demo at 8 o'clock tonight. Speaking of Benzinga Pro, if you want to learn more, go to pro.benzinga.com. If you want a discount on your First, uh, on your subscription, you can enter the promo code YouTube20, B E Y-O-U-T-U-B-E, two zero Get 20% off any Benzinga Pro subscription. Pro.Benzinga.com. Any questions about Benzinga Pro, you can always email us. Email onboarding at Benzinga.com. That's up on the screen right there. All right. It is 926, four minutes until the open. Uh, Mitch, you have one more thing you want to add? What do you
1: got? let me get my mic up here all right so one of the things that i wanted to talk about is a lot of times in trading you know we run into times where we can't follow our plan right and and a lot of trading has to do with looking back at your data and journaling so yeah. one of the things that i've been working on and i'm and i want to throw it out there for you guys out there so give me feedback go ahead and hit me up at mitch at Benzinga if you're interested in the idea or just want to throw out some comments about it give me some feedback love to hear it, so I want to start something called an azinger Accountability Partner. So what this would really do is just try to keep you to your plan, so looking back at your data. As you trade, whether this be paper or real money, and then going over the strategies that you're trying to accomplish and then looking at it to see if you're actually trading that strategy. Because in the end, it's not for uh, someone to tell you how to trade, but to more long look at your trading and see is if you're matching the plan that you're trying to attack. So let me know what you guys think about this. If you guys would like to have this as a part of Benzinga. So definitely hit me up. Mitch at Benzinga.com. You guys can tell me in the comments that you guys would want to be a part of it or just what you guys think could actually gain you some advantage. So just wanted to put that out there. Yeah,
2: that, that's a great point, Mitch. And uh, what can I bring up my screen? Uh, there you go. Like, like this is the watches and pro. I We have a, a feature in here where you can like type notes to yourself and I never use it, mm-hmm. but I, I really should. Right. Like I really should take in like where I know here, like bought on June, whatever. Right. Um, like I, I we, I, I we have the feature. I should use it more. I don't, I don't use it enough. Um, I know uh, somebody was talking about Oatly in the chat. I know I, I saw it a few times. I'm sorry. Um, O T L Y, not one we've looked at a lot on this show. Uh, I will ask Gil Morales about this. That, that's my special guest at at the close show. I'll ask Gil about this at at three thirty. If you it's want a to good ask. Guy to ask, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really have too many thoughts, but let, let me ask Gil. Uh, at three thirty, so tune in for that all right david green is live two minutes till the open everyone have a good day have a good start to your day and i will see you a little bit later this is the story of the one as a maintenance engineer he hears things differently to the untrained ear everything on his shop floor might sound fine but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping